Welcome to our, this uh, First Fruit Sunday. And this is an amazing Sunday. One is the amazing holiness and holy excitement, holy uh, investment. I don't know what, what's in it, but I can feel the, the faith and the sincerity of your hearts. And I, I thank God that there are angels here and there's a cloud of witnesses around us and what happens today will be recorded in heaven and it is for all eternity. And which is the best way to live, right? Like recognizing that what everything we do counts way beyond what we understand. So bless you all. It's great, great to be here. Um, ah, thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you. We come today to present ourselves with our gifts, with our faith, with our dreams and hopes and our obedience, all these things and more. We thank you that there's a breaker and a breakthrough. We thank you, Jesus, that you broke through and we're all in your breakthrough. We just thank you. We pray there'd be the hearts and dreams that are written in these envelopes and visions and that you would breathe on them and that this would be a living offering today in Jesus' name. So most of you know this, but I'm just gonna go through uh, briefly for maybe it's your first time here. We've had this happen so many times. um, But... I just want to say this, that we're going to be receiving the first fruits offerings today and they'll be prayed over and blessed and uh, they're holy. And we'll do this again next week and we may do it a, a few more weeks after that because we realize not everybody can attend on one, one weekend and so we want to make it a way for it. But as we gather, you know, we get, get the, as these are gathered, the Envelopes and the things you write, and if you're online, the things you write online, the thing even that you put in the memo lines of if you give by push pay, we pray over these things. In in a couple weeks, we'll gather the pastoral staff and we will pray over these individually, not just spread them on the floor and say bless them, God, you know, or, or something. Super, more superficial like that. that. And this is always one of the most moving, like we're wiped out crying for hours, praying over these things. And uh, we're, we're partnering with, with your faith. And, and our, our envelopes are in there with the rest of them. You know? so, uh, it's just amazing. So I just want you to know that um, your Abba, Jesus, Jesus was the first fruit. First Corinthians 15, he's the first fruits from the dead. And because of that first fruits offering that he was, we're all included in that. We all get sanctified in it. And it, this is, it's the father's delight to give 
life and restoration and success to all his children. Uh, and uh, he designs pathways that we can walk in and partner with him. So there's some principles that just go over uh, a few of them that are, are to bring your faith maybe to a higher level, I hope. You know, it feels like you're already there. <laughs> but uh, first fruits sanctify. They've set apart our whole life and all that we have. Romans 11, if the part of the dough offered is first fruits holy, the whole batch is holy. And so when something is sanctified, the Lord treats it as his own. He sets it apart. It's outside of the ordinary. It now belongs to God. It's not part of the natural order. It's part of something that's better and more eternal than the natural order. So it becomes... Our lives become extraordinary. They become supernatural as they're set apart by God. Not because we're hot stuff, but because of we're in him. <laughs> uh, secondly, what we're doing here is a pattern. It's not legalism. Nobody's bothered by that. When we first began, we had people, you know, I had people approach me and say, well, you know, this is part of the law, but it's, it's much, it's a pattern, and in fact, it, there's a great verse. Um, it's a pattern that releases the blessing and a blessing that remains. Uh, Ezekiel 44, 30. And all of Ezekiel from chapter 37 on through 47, it deals with, with a time that is yet to come. It's not talking about the law. And there it talks about a temple that'll be built that hasn't been built yet. And in there are instructions for the future. <laughs> and they say, the, bring the best of the first fruits of any kind. And it's a long verse, uh, verse 30, Ezekiel 44. But it, it says you bring it to the priest. Why? To cause a blessing to rest on your house, to settle, to find a home. And so what you're doing today is a pattern. And part of that pattern is this is a way that God has chosen to release his blessing because when in the agrarian culture, people would come and bring the first fruits of a harvest, of a barley harvest, of a wheat harvest, and they would present it as a holy offering to the Lord. They didn't know what the rest of the harvest would be, which could last for weeks, but they were, as they set that apart, God said, because you've set this apart to me, it's all mine, and I'm going to protect it and guard it. And that's what we're doing. That's the blessing that remains on our house. And what I really like to focus on this is such a, a powerful thing is the potential of seeds that just overflow all our expectation, you know, because a seed is alive and it's packed with almost limitless potential. You know, seeds contain instructions that are so microscopic. I mean, God designed it into the DNA of every seed that, that they become what they're planted from. And so I have here a couple of uh, sequoia from the giant sequoia, sequoia gigantea that grows in California. Um, these are cones, not seeds, for the largest organism that grows on planet Earth. And inside each one of these cones, 
there's usually two to 3,000 tiny little sequoia seeds that are not much bigger than a tomato seed. And uh, you'll get, if, as you present your first fruits today, we, we just hand out packets of sequoia seeds because it's such a picture of we can't imagine what's going to grow from the seed. There's a, a you know, picture, if you haven't ever seen a sequoia tree in person, it's almost worth a trip to California to, to live and stand in awe. You can see how small the seeds are in the picture of the hand there. Okay, so, but this is amazing. And so this encourages us that as God leads us, we want to sow understanding the blessing that's in the seed. And Paul uh, has this two chapters basically on giving, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 and, and the spiritual dynamics behind it. In chapter 9, verse 6, he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Like if you just sow the absolute minimum, like almost like you're stingy, like I don't know, I don't know. But it's, that's what the kind of harvest you get. And we just know this from common sense. You know, if you sow a bunch, you're going to get a bigger crop. But then whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And literally, that word translated bountifully in some translations means with, I mean, the, the Greek means with blessing. Understanding that in giving, we're actually we're, we're blessing, but we're participating in a blessing. Like we're giving out of the blessing, and even if we're in a time of hardship and we give, it's like out of the blessing that I'm alive, I'm giving. And, and because of that, we become participants in the blessing, and we're going to receive back in the blessing. And so it's, just, it's, it's a matter of the heart, not a matter of the actual numbers. You know, for different people, Different numbers have different meanings, you know, like, uh, and so we're just giving today, participating in the blessing of God. And the seed we sow connects our lives to the soil of God's promises, you know, all his promises. Like we're planting seeds, we're planting seeds, I mean, obviously we're sowing seeds into Life Center Ministries, but beyond that, we're sowing seeds into the promises of God. And Life Center Ministries is just the soil of this particular field, but it's good soil, and it's soil that's been composted and, and enriched for 2,000 plus years, you know, and so we're just sowing into the promises and the faithfulness of God. In every seed, in the seeds you plant today, is a living blueprint that captures the power of, uh, that's in that sphere. And so in a natural seed, it captures the power of the sun. It harnesses it, it releases it, and it transforms the soil and it produces something that is absolutely useful. Without that seed, that soil will just be wasted. It'll just be minerals. It'll be some fiber, some organic matter, some microbes, but they're not doing anything. As soon as the seed is planted in the soil, the, the seed, as it sprouts, begins to capture the energy of the sun and transmit it into the soil. And the roots go down, not only to take from the soil, but to train the soil and give to the soil. It's kind of like the Great Commission, you know, that, that when we apply this spiritually, that we're planting seeds and something's 
happening in our life that's gonna change the very environment we're in. This is why in an orchard, the soil's been trained by the species of trees growing in the orchard. It has its own little microbiome for different species. So if you switch, the, like we're gonna cut down all the peach trees and we're gonna plant walnut trees, it'll take a number of years for that soil to be retrained for walnut trees. So I'm just saying, as you are sowing in your life into the promises of God, the soil all around, your whole life, and the world around you is being trained to release what's needed for the will of God in your life. It's amazing. You are children of God. <laughs> we think, oh, you know, my, you know I don't, I'm not much. My, my older brother was mean. My dad didn't like me. None of that matters. Your Abba in heaven loves you. And he has adopted you, and he declares, you are my son, you are my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. You're welcome to the family inheritance. So, uh, so as we do this, you know, we just understand these seeds are alive just as much as like a, a natural seed, wheat would, and it, these seeds are alive. If you plant them, you'll get wheat. These seeds are alive. You plant today, you're going to get a harvest. Amazing. So the great thing is, and John um, touched on this in, in the offering, just our normal offering, Luke 6.38, that our generosity releases a response. It's energized, it's reciprocal, and it's proportional. And it's not from the universe, it's from God. You know, like, it's not karma, it's grace, you know. So give and it will be given to you. That's a promise from a person to a person, isn't it? This is the, Jesus speaking to all of us. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, it's gonna be, you'll, you'll be happy. It's gonna be multiplied. But it's gonna be pressed down. It's gonna be shaken together to, so we can squeeze more in and there still won't be enough room. It's gonna run over. It's gonna be put into your lap. And then he encourages us, says, with the same measure you give, that's what it'll be returned. So this is kind of an encouragement like, hmm, maybe I want to increase my measure, you know? And I, this is the testimony of, of our own life when we were young Christians just starving to death and our solution to our poverty was to increase our giving. And that released the change around us. It, it start, we, were, we didn't know it, we didn't understand it. We were planting seeds, we were training the soil of our lives. And, uh, and then the... The best thing is that as we give today, it really releases an overflow of God's ability. And I love it. You know, Paul spends these two chapters teaching the Corinthians, preparing them for an offering. And, uh, but you know, the great thing is 2,000 years later, he's teaching everyone the truth of God because it's the word of God. And this is what it says, 2 Corinthians 9, God is able, isn't he? In fact, in the Greek, that sentence starts with Abel. It's kind of like Abel is God, you know, because he wanted to emphasize the power of God that's released in our giving. God is able or God is powerful. That's another way you could translate that, to make all grace abound to you, all grace overflow to you, 
every kind of grace, whatever grace you need, whatever grace you need for whatever breakthrough, whatever. Do you understand? It's by grace we're saved. Grace is God's ability at work in us. And so you have areas where you need God's grace to set you free, God's grace for a breakthrough. God is able to make that specific grace abound to you so that always, so that having all sufficiency, I know this in several versions and so. Some of them have always first, but I'm reading from the ESV. Having all sufficiency, how many think all sufficiency is quite a bit? You know, all sufficiency, like you can't run out in all things at all times. Whew. All, all sufficiency in all things at all times. You may abound, overflow in every good work. You could say all good works. There's a lot of superlatives there. God works with what we have, not what we don't have. And this is the lesson of the sequoia cone. You know, if you were to look at it, there's a pine tree in California, the sugar pine. It's a white pine species, five needles, all that for any of you that are interested in that. But some of the pine cones on sugar pines are like this long, 24 inches. We had a big collection of them. That, and well, not a big, I mean, we brought a few of them with us to Pennsylvania, but I can't find them. I don't know what happened to them. But they're massive. So you'd think, man, that must be the biggest tree on earth. But it's not. There's nice trees, very nice trees. But this is the, this is the cone of the biggest tree on earth. I'm just saying. So he works with what we have, not what we don't have. Never let what you don't have overrule what you do have. When Elijah said to the widow, what do you have? Nothing. You know, I have no, I, I don't have any bread. I'm done. And he said, well, no, you got a little bit. Do you see something? Same thing. Elisha and the widow. What do you have? Nothing except a little oil. Oh, that's good. Let's do, work with that. God always works with what we have. He doesn't worry about what we don't have because what he wants to do is multiply what we do have. Just saying. So here we go. Keys to first fruit. It's cyclical. That's why we do it. We do it once a year. <laughs> You could do it more than once a year if you wanted. You know, I mean, anytime you start a new endeavor, we like to do it near the beginning of the year just to kind of set the tone for 2024. This is going to be a year of miracle breakthroughs, tremendous, tremendous upheaval and shaking, but what can't be shaken is going to emerge more and more this year. And we do it in faith. We're believing, and faith takes us past our comfort zone. It's not presumption where we're thinking like, hey, I'm just going to give all this, so, and then I'm going to get this back from God. It, now, you can't outgive God, but we, if, you, if you try to fool him, you'll only fool yourself. You know, if you're not really giving, just saying, hey, you know, I'm not really giving, I'm investing this, and, you know, I got to, and God will say, yeah, you got about a thousand year uh, return horizon on that investment. It, it's, it's not because God is slow, it's just because he's smarter than we are. He, wa he wants our heart. And so when you just say, God, I'm giving this, it's a sacrifice, it's completely sincere, and I trust you. I'm planting these seeds because I heard you. It's the desire of my heart. I want to see these breakthroughs. I'm doing this, but God, it's all yours. I give it to you, and I'm expecting you to be good, but I'm, not, I'm just doing this in faith. It's a sacrifice. That's the other part. It's a sacrifice. Almost all significant obedience is costly. You know, not, I mean, some things aren't costly, but some things, like he speaks to us, and actually, I'll tell you, even this year, as I, I was sitting 
we gave our first fruits in the first service, but I was sitting there after we gave it and I was thinking like, wow, we are so crazy. And I think, good, I'm committed. <laughs> I'm committed to being crazy for Jesus and just living that way and obeying even when it might seem like, was that really logical? And some, that's what I'm saying. Faith takes us beyond just what's comfortable for us, but it's not manipulative. And, and it is sacrificial because the thing is, what moves your heart is what moves God's heart too. You know, like, he's actually inviting us. How many know God, it moved God's heart to give his only begotten son. It moved Jesus to give himself for us. Even though it was the joy set before him, there was pain in the offering, I can tell you that. And, uh, and so, and lastly, it's focused, and here's where I just wanna, Landis, I, I encourage you on, on these offering envelopes, and even if you've given by push pay, fill these out and write in the stuff so we can agree with you. And take a picture of them, uh, if you can, you know, if, if you're able to take a picture of what you've written, or maybe you've already copied it all down. Some of you are very organized, but some aren't. And so I'm just talking to the ones that might not be. And we had, a few years ago, Brian made the suggestion, hey, take a picture with your phone of what you've written on so that you can keep track of it. And so last year, all year long in our, in our closet, we had, we had an image of our first fruits envelope. Ah, okay, this is good news. We're there. A fir first <laughs> fruits envelope, and we saw it. And the amazing thing is, as we look back at the end of the year, it's like, Wow. God has been faithful, and uh, we just see it. And so as you, you make that list, it's good for you to specifically because when the farmer sows the seed, he doesn't just forget about the seed, but these are like specific things, specific areas. God wants to know, what do you want? What are the areas where you want breakthrough? They could be really spiritual. Some of them are just things like, how about a house? How about, uh, you know, how about a, a better opportunity, you know, like a promotion or something like that. Or how about, you know, I've got, I'm starting this business and I'm, but I, something's not working. I need ideas. I need all these things, ministries, salvations, prodigals, marriages, babies, all these things have happened. People have written down and, and God has been faithful in this. That's what I'm saying. So you want to write these down and then don't forget occasionally to go out and weed your field, you know, and make sure it's getting irrigated. And so you can thank God, you can decree, you can stand. If it feels like it's going the wrong way, you have authority to rebuke the devourer, even though God said, I'm going to rebuke the devourer, but he might use your voice to say, hey, I've got seed in the ground, Mr. Devourer. You get out of here. You're not welcome in this field because I'm believing God for a bumper crop. I'm just saying, there's like, we interact, we give thanks. Most of it, the, you know, your thanksgiving is you consider these things through the year and you just give thanks, you give thanks, give thanks. It's like rain coming down on those seeds and sunshine. Okay, so, and then, and guaranteed, you'll reap if you don't faint. So, that's pretty much it. I think that's enough instructions. And I do want to say this, that 
we've done this. We, we've always said, look, we want you to be able to, to feel free to believe God because part of this is we grow in our faith as we hear and obey and we see God responding. It's a, it's a, a growing relationship. So we, we start in their very first year. We gave a two-week no fear guarantee. That with two weeks, call us up. You said, hey, I blew it. I thought I heard God, but Ah, you can't believe all of a sudden, I, I need the money back. And we always have done it, and we haven't been very many, but there's been a, a number through the years that have done it, but they never came within the two-week period. So I'm extending it now to a two-month no-fear guarantee. <laughs> if, so that's it, and uh, I just, God bless you as you give today. Anne wants to share. Yeah, I want to give a little bit of, um, of history about 20 years ago, we had an expert come to our church and um, said that we should try this Freedom to Dream financial campaign, which has worked in every church he'd ever been a part of. And um, it just really didn't work very well at Life Center. And uh, why? Because we're a prophetic church. Um, we are a congregation of people who like prophetic activation, uh, risk-taking, faith challenges resonate with each of us. And to me, by my person ma- personality, this still feels like jumping off a cliff. Charles um, likes more adrenaline. And uh, I, I liked what um, Dylan said on Wednesday night about his grandfather. He said, why would someone jump out of a perfectly good plane? I mean, that's sort of how it feels with some, uh, to some of our personalities that are getting ready to give these first fruits. But you know, I'm less concerned now. As each year goes by, I have this increased comfort. And um, I realize that part of it is that I'm dealing with my mother's heart. I feel... Um, I feel concerned for each one because I think, what if there's a delayed response? What if the answer comes in a circuitous way? God isn't linear, and, and as Charles talks about, he, he isn't going to do any, I mean, we can't do any gimmicks with him, but, but as a mom, I, want, um, I don't want anyone to become confused. So this year, I have my own personal testimony of how he encouraged my heart. Um, as as we as we've, we've referred, the pastors pray for each um, each of the each of the prayer requests, and we don't get all of them. Um, we get a portion, and um, I happen last year upon um, our granddaughter's um, gift. Um, first fruits, and it was um, it was very exorbitant for someone um, her age. And I thought, okay. And I flipped it over, and there was number one. And I thought, oh, great, that's not going to happen. Uh, she wasn't in that place in her life. It just that this that this was not going to happen. But number two was finances for ministry school. So I thought, yes, I can agree for that one. So I began agreeing for that one, you know, me of little faith. But regardless, two weeks later, she calls and says, oh, I didn't even get into the school. And I said, 
what are they talking about? Do you want me to call them? She said, no, no, I'm like, no, don't. And I, and as I sat there, I remember exactly where I was. The Lord began to speak to me that if she does this, she won't be in position for the better. So I, I, I took some comfort in that. But six, eight months later, things had completely turned around for her. Everything was looking really great. And I was sitting there in my chair. And the Lord, um, Holy Spirit prompted me, said, um, ask, ask her what her first fruits is. And so it's during church service and no words. She just sends the picture. You know, that, that picture we talked about. Only the picture. And there it is. Number one, a husband. And she got number one. Like, she's getting married in May. And me, of, of little faith. <laughs> to me, it was a personal reminder that God has each of you. He really has each of you. And one little addition for our declarations that we're getting ready to make. Um, based on the two testimonies, the two last testimonies, there was a blessing following an unsuccessful gastric bypass. And there was a blessing following um, uh, pregnancy out of wedlock. So even those places where we feel like we made a mistake, even those places where we feel disqualified and we can't even ask... Those are the places that God is going to answer this year. And we, by the testimony of the two stories, so I'm adding that declaration that all things, we're going to have a testimony. Yes, all things work together for good. Look what the Lord has done. He turned my shame into joy. He turned my mistake into a testimony. So we're adding that declaration to um, our set of declarations. Amen. Wow. So good, Anne. Thank you. All right, are you ready? <laughs> okay. So uh, now we want to make a declaration over all of you before we give, because I just want you to know what you're, do- you're, you're creating with God a legacy for your life. This is the blessing that remains on your house, and uh, it'll go on for generations. But why don't you stand? We're just going to bless you before you come and give, and then when we're done with the blessing, we'll give the instructions. But if you, you know, if you have your uh, envelope, you could hold it near your heart or that kind of thing. However you've given or are giving, just make a connection with it. Okay? Are you ready? So, God's word declares that as you bring his tithes and your offerings into the storehouse, he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings that overflow. Because of these, God promises to rebuke the devourer and protect the fruit of your labor from destruction. Because of the cross and because of your faith in the blood of Jesus, you are the blessed of the Lord. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Therefore, I boldly declare extraordinary financial blessings on you and on your household. God will open doors. He will speak to the right people about you. 
I call in better jobs, housing, scholarships, and more. I bless you with breakthrough. I command that which has been restricted through strife or through legal contention to flow freely so that you enjoy what God has planned for you from the beginning. I call back to your homes and your bank accounts what the enemy has stolen. I declare that God restores double for what has been lost, and may the Lord restore that which has been stolen from your family line over the generations and restore that even with interest. And for all of you in the workplace, I declare that opportunities for advancement and profitable investment will come. I declare blessing for those who work in sales and consulting, that more and bigger sales, commissions, opportunities, and deals will open up to you. Because our Father delights to to surprise his children, we declare that the Lord will cause you to unexpectedly receive money. Receive funds into your accounts and that opportunities to prosper will find you. Amen. For every entrepreneur and business owner, may your businesses become so prosperous that you can bless your employees with raises and better benefits. I speak blessings on your plans and call for astounding profits. I call for such a spirit of abundance to come upon you that God miraculously brings you out of debt and that you are released from that stress and burden of debt. So we release wisdom so that you can come into a new peace, a new financial freedom, and God's provision in all aspects of your life. May you and your household enjoy exceedingly abundant, above and beyond favor and increase in your lives, and may you give the way you've always wanted to give. Life Center, we bless you in Jesus' name as you come bringing your gifts to God. Amen. 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 Now, just before you come, I want to bless the online uh, our online congregation, you know, because they've, they're giving too. So I, you're going to be blessed as you bring your offerings forward, but they're going to be blessed before they give. May the Lord send rain at the right time for your seed, which you sow today. May he increase you many times over and bless you many times beyond your expectation as he has promised in Jesus' name, amen, amen.